Welcome back to Let's Talk About God, <laughs> episode 37. Sorry, I just started the podcast and didn't even hit record. I was giving you the whole spiel, not even recording, but I'm here recording now. Welcome to Let's Talk About God. It's going to be a good day. Hablamos de Dios. What is that? Let's Talk About God. Oh, okay. I just thought I would put a little diversity here today. That was All good. Right. That Hablamos was good. de Dios. That is not. Hablamos de Dios. <laughs> Right, we always say, "Let's talk about God." We always, so I just thought I would change it up. I That's might do good. German the next one, maybe, and French the next one, and or do you just want me to? That's not. You're yeah, giving me the not. look across. I shouldn't because I don't. It's not translating right, and it's not. We're, this is not a promotion for "Let's Talk About God" Espanol version. Right. See, we could do that, and then we could we could be syndicated in the Latino community. Nationwide, I'm, I have I have visions, man. I have I'm a big dreamer. I like that. I like that, but it probably won't happen. But it could. <laughs> See, now you're a doubter. <laughs> All you people out there, I apologize for my son. He is a doubting Thomas. I'm a visionary. <laughs> we have a guest today. We have a very special guest today. We want to welcome to the show Pastor Terrence Ford. Hello. What is up, everyone? Good to have you with us. Pastor oh, yeah. Terrence I'm is excited our excited to be here. Thank you. Good to have you. Uh, pastor Terrence is the Body Life Pastor. Here at High Praises, uh, some of what he do, does is he works with our young adults, the millennials mm-hmm. in that age yep. group, and then um, does a lot of work with the folks when they're going through some difficult times yes. like benevolences and when they're in a time of sorrow and grief. And then one of the main things he does here is he uh, oversees our growth track growth yeah. ministry, which is really the front door for the new people to our church mm-hmm. and does an outstanding job. Yep. In all three of those areas, and we're just thrilled. We trust Pastor T so much. He's like the first face you see. Oh, yeah. If you want to join the church. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so he does a great job. So we're glad to have you with us today. Glad to be with you all. Yeah. Oh, yes. Today, we have got a very, very special topic, a fun topic, because Pastor T does growth track and everything else, but he's a preacher, he's a theologian, and um, he's come with an awesome topic today. Today, we're talking about adoption and sonship. Adoption and sonship. today, I'm going to take a back seat and just be the interviewer and let these two guys just have at it. So, as always, Pastor T, give me your 30-second definition. What is adoption and sonship in the Bible? Well, Pastor Evan, if if I can, before I give you that 30-second definition, uh, let, let me say this. The, the Bible says, and I believe uh, this is in proportion to the body of believers, it says that many perish for the lack of knowledge. Mm. And I believe that when knowledge is not there, darkness prevails. Mm-hmm. And so years ago, um, this had to be around 2000, um, I was pastoring my first church, and someone came to me and told me that they were selling prepaid legal. And they said, we got this new policy that we're offering individuals. It's called identity theft. And I didn't buy into it, but Holy Spirit spoke to me right then. And he said, this is what you have been seeing with the body of Christ. I myself, I was dealing with some things. I had many individuals that were dealing with some things And this led me on a long journey of trying to understand why I was dealing with some identity theft issues as well as some of my peers and some of the other individuals that I saw in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so in 
lieu of that, I began to dig and I began to study a few things. And sonship was one of the subjects that came up. Mm-hmm. And um, this is, uh, when you look at it, identity theft is it, it's successful spiritually to the body of Christ, to the body of believers, um, because Satan is doing a yeoman's job with identity theft with the body of believers. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on for a long time. There's no worse thing than a person who has been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, but don't know who they are, don't know whose they are, don't know how to appropriate the scriptures to work on their behalves. And so this is where I begin to indulge in a few things about identity theft and about sonship and about um, um, the subject that we're dealing with today, adoption Mm -hmm. um, into the body of Christ. And so uh, for me, Pastor um, Chris, um, 30-second definition, I've dug with a few things, but my 30-second definition would be the process through which a person who does not belong to a given family um, is formally brought into that family, made full legal, is given full legal rights into that family. Mm -hmm. And so I I would just leave it at that. There's a lot more to talk about, and we'll get into that, but I'll let Pastor Chris go ahead and and give his, his definition on it. Well, and that's a great definition just almost a perfect definition of adoption. Yeah. And so most of us are familiar with the concept of an adoption where you take a non-family member, a non-biological uh, family member, mm-hmm. and bring them into the family with the full rights and privileges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan, I-, I think mine, I'm going to quote a scripture to actually give my 30-second definition of this. Mm-hmm. It is where um, it's in Second Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verses 17 and 18, it's where it goes like this. God speaks and says, I will be a father to them, and they shall be my sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I think that's that's adoption, where um, where God takes me as his own. And we're going to get deeper into this to talk about what we were before we became sons. Yeah. But that's my 30-second definition, where God the Father takes me as his own son, yes. or if you're, if you're a woman, mm-hmm. he takes you as a daughter through yes. the redemption, through through salvation, and you get all rights and privileges. That's mm-hmm. good. That is one thing that I'd like to point out. So this isn't gendered, right? When we say yes. sonship, yes. we don't mean just the guys get saved, right? Yes. Right. And you know, the Bible oftentimes, and, and this is a, a writing technique, oftentimes will make reference to sons, but the, the strong inherit understanding is that that is for sons and daughters. And yeah. sometimes when we preach, we'll even do that. We'll say sons and then, and, and I'll add and daughters and I don't feel like I'm doing, you've probably done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm adding to the scriptures or anything. I'm, I'm, ex, I'm expanding on what the writer actually mm-hmm. meant. And you, I think the Bible says you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it means obviously daughters, Yes, yes. But yeah, but sonship is is that concept where it involves yeah, it's not gender driven, but it's yeah, because it's, we know we know the body of Christ salvation. at large is male and female. Mm-hmm. And um, when we talk about sonship from a grammatical point of view as pastor was saying, um it is neuter. Mm-hmm. It takes not just male gender, not just female gender, but it's both. It's all inclusive. Right. So. Yeah. That's good. Well, as we get going into it, let's talk about adoption in the Old Testament. A lot of times when we talk about major themes in the New Testament, they find their roots and their foundation in the Old Testament. So is there a theme of sonship and adoption in the Old Testament? Uh, I'll, I'll jump into a few things. Um, we, we, we've been talking about this for a couple of 
days now, and I've been meditating on this for a couple of days. Um, but before I get to that, let me let me say this: in Judges chapter six, the pre-incarnate Christ shows up as the angel of the Lord to Gideon, and um, Gideon would later become the fifth major judge in Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, he begins to operate in purpose after the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And and Gideon is sitting there, and we could easily say that Gideon was confused because the Bible says that he was threshing wheat in a wine press. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You crush grapes in a wine press. But mm-hmm. we know the reason why he was hiding the wheat from the Midianites, who were the enemy of Israel at the time. But after the after Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ talks to the angel of the Lord, talks to Gideon, Gideon then walks into purpose. He walks into pursuit. He walks into destiny. And I would go as far as saying that uh, many of us, when we, as we said earlier, when darkness prevails or darkness will prevail, when knowledge is void, when we walk into the knowledge of who we are in Christ, as Gideon did, and this is the way I've preached it here at High Praises many times before, we will never know what we can do until we know who we are. Yeah. Gideon didn't know what he was able to accomplish until Christ brought to his sight who he was, to his mind who he was. And so sonship in the Old Testament, um, we talked about this scripture, Exodus um, chapter 4, verse 21 through 23. And the Bible says, And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let my people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son. Mm. Okay. Uh, My firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. Now, I I thought about this, Pastor, and um, I thought about it from the perspective that God says to Moses to tell Pharaoh, Israel is my firstborn son, Israel. Okay. Israel, of course, we know is um, Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. Abraham is the one that God made the covenant relationship with in the very first place. Okay. And so uh, we know that there are scriptures that, that, that proceed that, that comes before this, but, but here we are in the midst of a text where God has made a covenant relationship. And this theme is going to not only go from old Testament to new Testament, because Christ is going to come, and we'll talk about that when we get to the New Testament. But I think it, it's even in Genesis 1, um, the very fibers of the, the Genesis story, where Genesis one twenty six, God says, um, let us, talking among himself, the Trinity, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, mm-hmm. and let them have dominion. What was God telling them then? God was saying, we're going to make man in our image. They're going to look like us. After our likeness, they're going to have God ability. Mm. And so the Genesis story is filled with Genesis 1, God said, God said, God said, God said. So, so can I stop you there? Are you saying that there's even a connection of sonship just from very creation? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so after that, God said everything God said, and it was so, and it was so, and it was so. And so... But then we know that there is the fall of man, Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 3, okay? Genesis 3.15, I love it because who would ever thought that, you know, I mean, we're all all studies of the word here, but who would ever thought that in Genesis 3, that early in the recorded scriptures, we would see a prophetic word given where God says, and I will put enmity, talking to the serpent, between you and 
uh, talking to Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall crush your head, and you shall bruise her heel. Of course, we know that he was talking about Christ that was to come. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a theme, an underlying theme that was there in the Old Testament, but we'll talk about some other things as it comes forward to the New Testament also. Mm, that's good. I, and what I what I see, and, and this might be our segue point, um, that particular passage of Scripture, when you go back to Israel, it's really that first understanding of God taking people and and saying, you are my children. And, and then you can get into the the other scriptures where there there's that sense where God is referred to as father and, and seen as a father figure to Israel. But that particular verse says where he actually says to Moses, Israel is my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, here's the segue is that they were slaves. Yeah. Yes, so they were yes. slaves in Egypt. Um, and th- there needed to be redemption. That's good. There needed to That's be liberation. Good. There needed to be freedom for them to truly become sons because they were sons positionally, but they were slaves practically. Yes. And that's, I think, the segue into the New Testament is that the correlation with humanity is that we are slaves to sin um, practically. Mm -hmm. But we're not even positionally sons or daughters, but we have the potential for that because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Israel had a Moses. We have a Jesus. That's good, <laughs> and and so that's that's the difference. That's good. Where, but you can there's a there's a it's a precursor. It seems yes. like you can even pick up on the language Israel. You are my firstborn. Well, who is Jesus? Now he is not created, but the only begotten the only Son, begotten. Yes. the the one. And how are we made sons and daughters? Well, yes. I'm skipping ahead, but through Christ, right? And the Old Testament is normally predictive and, yeah. and preemptory towards the things in the New Testament, yeah. which I think then segues us to adoption in the New Testament is mm-hmm. this concept um, that, uh, and, and I'm going to just pause right here, and then Terrence, you can you can jump in. Um, we, we talk about the, the, the many aspects of salvation. There's justification, there's redemption, there's reconciliation, there is regeneration, and many of these tie in, particularly regeneration and justification, tie in with this concept of adoption. Mm-hmm. And right. it is a biblical concept. And um, and Paul talks about this both in Galatians and in Romans, um, where y- you are slaves to sin, but you can become a son of God. You want to you want to talk uh, about that, that a little bit? That's good. That's good. Um, you, you hit it right on the head. We, we were all slaves to sin, and, and, and that's some of my notes, uh, the scriptures from the New Testament that we well, will get into. Share those scriptures with us, uh, then. Uh, New Testament sonship, um, and there's many of them, Galatians 3.26, for you all are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. Um, um, uh, Romans 8.14 and 15, um, for all who who are being led by the Spirit of God these are the sons of God. In Romans eight fifteen, he says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. Mm. And then um, I have uh, one in uh, Ephesians 1 and 5. He predestined us um, to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. 
And, and the last one I love is Galatians 4 and 7, and there's many, many more, but he says in Galatians 4 and 7, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, mm. a son. And if a son, this segues to something else that we'll get into uh, here in a moment, but he says, then an heir through God. Mm. And so all of these scriptures are, are, are so important as it builds up to how we were lost, man fell, we all fell short of the glory of God, but Christ came to restore. And in this restoration, there were some things given to us as a body, as, as the body of Christ yeah. that makes us greater, that makes us stronger. Um, and we have been adopted as sons of God, but we, we've also been given this, this sonship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to understand the sonship. So I want to run down some paths with you. Okay, the Ephesians passage I think is powerful because it says that we were predestined to adoption as sons. Mm-hmm. And I think that passage is powerful because we talk about Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. We we have a theology in our soteriology, which is a study of salvation, that salvation was not a, a last-minute Thought by God when Adam and Eve blew it is, oh, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll we'll send Jesus to die. God, in His foreknowledge, knew that all that was going to happen, and mm-hmm. so be, in eons past, because God is unlimited by time or space, yes. it was it was already established that Jesus would come and die and pay sin's price to redeem us. So, isn't it powerful, Terrence, to think? That God, knowing he would create humanity, knowing humanity would sin, would be under the bondage of sin, the misery of sin, the the terrible repercussions of, of a sinful life, that God already had a plan. And it wasn't just to send Jesus, but it was a plan to transform us from slaves of sin to adopted sons and daughters. Mm. Wow. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? That's that, awesome. the, the, the plan of adoption was and I don't know I'm sure if we spent some time I don't know how many passages I've read that says that reconciliation was mm-hmm. set bef- in times past or justification in eons past or where but isn't it interesting that the one aspect of salvation that he does refer to mm-hmm. that was established from eons past yes it yes. was predestined yeah and a lot of people get confused about predestined, and, and, yes. and we're not going to get into that. But that see, the word predestined here is talking about something very specific yes. that God established in advance. Before that, time, that's right. Yeah, before time, that sinful people could become children of God. Yeah. Yes. Now, I have some thoughts. You got any thoughts there no, or anything else? Oh, that's awesome. Now, I love I, it. I love the Galatians passage, mm-hmm. and that one's one that I have been studying, and I'm going to read a little bit more of it. Okay, you read, okay. So, Galatians 4, you read verse 7. Let me start at 4, and let's pick this apart, the three of us. Mm -hmm. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. So there's your key word, redemption. Mm -hmm. See how redemption is tied to. See, the two words that I think that are are tied to adoption is redemption and justification. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So I've had some thoughts. So I'm going to mess with y'all. All right. So, um, when when a woman is pregnant, mm-hmm. okay, she's going to give birth. Okay, because because I think the other ones connected with this is regeneration. Mm-hmm. So those are the justification, regeneration. But it's, let me just say this: probably closer than more, it would be regeneration and redemption are the two closest to adoptions. Theologically, okay. When a woman is pregnant, 
then we talk about her coming to full term. We, we talk about it's time to her to give birth, okay? And we, we use those terminologies, but she comes to full term. Mm-hmm. Okay. Isn't it interesting that God, that, 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 that in the course of humanity's demise, there was a fullness of time. Mm-hmm. That that proto-evangelium you talked about in Genesis where he said the seed, talking about the coming of Jesus, yes. that, that there were these thousands of years of the birthing of the Messiah. I Man, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this room right now. And all those prophetic yes. promises that said, that talked about Jesus, the Messiah yes. coming. But, but when the fullness of time, it's as if, as if time reached full term oh, in yeah. pregnancy and gave forth That's awesome. the Son of God. That's awesome. Good. It's a little play on words. Wow. I know what I'm wow. doing here, yeah. but it's what comes to my mind because we're talking about new birth and eventually adoption. That's right. So it, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth, delivered his son, born yes. of a woman, yes. born under the law. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So then he was born under for Mary who carried him for you know nine months, and then he was born, and then through his birth came the possibility through his death of our rebirth mm-hmm. and regeneration, which we've talked about mm-hmm. in past episodes, and for our adoption That's right. in, into the family of God. So yeah, I just think right. that... So here's what I see. You have a natural birth that was supernatural, but when we get saved, you have a spiritual birth that is supernatural. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this concept of being born again. Now, it seems like I'm off track here, mm-hmm. but my point is... There's a the, the two ways you become a member of a family is through natural birth and adoption. That's right. Right? Yeah. So so Evan, you're my son through natural birth through through your mom. Okay. But if I adopted Terrence, <laughs> if, if Terrence became my son, mm-hmm. I'd have to adopt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that's my point. There's two this this scripture is talking about natural birth and adoption. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing is, this is the power of salvation, is these two strong terms of adoption and regeneration tell us that we are we are brought into the family of God through a spiritual birth, that's regeneration, mm-hmm. and through adoption in the family. And so what's the whole point? The whole point is, <laughs> folks, do you see what lengths wow. God is going to yes, mm-hmm. in trying to convey to us how bad he wants us that's as right. his children? Yeah, that's right. Uh, do you see that? That's that's my whole point is these terms and these concepts is he wants us as his own. Yeah. Sin took us away, and he says, I want you back. That's right. Yeah. That's I think good. that's powerful. I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I, I, I think awesome. personally from the perspective that, um, and I think it's for each individual. I mean, we're a corporate body of believers, but for me, the Bible says while we were while we were yet sinners, sometimes I like to make that personal. While I was yet a sinner, mm-hmm. Christ died for me. Yeah. And he placed me back in a right relationship with the Father mm-hmm. um, through his atonement for my life. And so I don't know about anybody else, but that's, I, I'm like, Pastor, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Amen. Yeah. Thank God. I think I, I kind of think about this. I don't want to get on too far of a rant, but have y'all seen that movie Taken? Yes. Right? So Liam yeah. Neeson's daughter yes. gets taken, sold into like sex slavery or something crazy. And so he goes through all of these crazy links to go get his daughter back. And I think when I think about that passage, last night I talked to our students about God's providence, which is God's provision beforehand based on his foreknowledge. You know, it says that Jesus Christ came at the right time. 
I don't think that the the area and the the nation and the time that Jesus came in was mere coincidence. I believe that it was set up, that God took this tiny little nation called Greece through Alexander the Great, bam, took this tiny little nation called Rome and conquered Greece, bam, and set up the peace of Rome so travel could be safe. Romana. He set up uh, roads so that travel could happen. He set up the Greek language so that the message of the gospel could go forth. Which was the common language of the day. Everybody spoke the same language. And now Jews and Gentiles living under the same roof, under the same nation, and then that Jesus Christ steps into that world (laughs) to be crucified in front of both Jews and Gentiles so that he could save both Jews yes. and Gentiles. And as Ephesians culminates, God's plan is to take Jews and Gentiles and adopt them into one family oh, under yes. God. Oh, that yes. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, that the eternal Son of God became a natural son so yes. that all of us natural sons and daughters be, could become sons and daughters right. of the eternal God. That's awesome. That God That's went to these crazy great links with that eternal plan before time began just so we could be in that family. That's like right. that's the love of that's some Lee and Neeson love right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And then he would take two groups that hated each other. That's the power of the church. And we're probably getting ahead of ourselves cuz we talk about the bit we'll talk about I guess it will cl- conclude with the benefits yes. of of sonship, but that right there is kind of touching on it because mm-hmm. he took two groups that just did not dislike each other. They despised each other. Yep, correct. You know, yes. Jews called Gentiles dogs, I think, and mm-hmm. wouldn't eat with them and wouldn't have anything to do with them. And I think that maybe the Gentiles called the Jews dogs, but they had derogatory terms and hated each other, had nothing to do with each other. And that's the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus and yes. Christianity and salvation that he could take these two groups that hated each other, redeem them, adopt them all his children, and then make them family. That's yep. right. That's Broke right. down the middle wall of partition that separated them, Paul says in Ephesians, and brought the two together to become one. Yes. Yeah. And yes. that's really what we're talking about here today is that, that what, what Paul said happened in the first century with the Jews and Gentiles is what God's been doing for 2,000 years right. as he redeems us. Now, let's get back to this concept of redemption because that's another key word here. Mm-hmm. So my understanding Terrence of uh, of sonship because often things are juxtaposed. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like justification is juxtaposed to condemnation mm-hmm. in the Bible. It's closely contrasted. I use that ten dollar word there, but they're they're they're. It's like putting two things up side by side yes. to to contrast them. Yeah. That's what the word juxtaposed means. So sonship and adoption is always juxtaposed That's with right. redemption. You want to talk about that because it's it's yes. it's, it's it's the moving from slavery to sonship. Am I right? That's right. Uh, you, so you, give give me the background, like the New Testament and what was going on back then. And the the the, the way I looked at this when I was um, um, getting ready for this morning, um, um, t- to bring a, a contextual new type thought process on it, mankind was was lost. Um, we we know in the book of Hebrews, he tells us that. The blood of bulls and goats were no longer effective. And so we were a mess. I was a mess. All of us were a mess. We were lost, and Jesus came to, of course, place us back in a right relationship with God. Um, I, I love it because, um, Pastor, as you were saying, G- Jesus, he, he's the only one that has done what he's ever done in the cosmos, in the history of mankind. He, he lived a sinless life. Um, he died 
a gruesome death. He 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 a death that he didn't even deserve. It should have been you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but he he wrote his will, his word. He died. He got himself up from the grave, and became his own executor. That's it. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Because he thought his will, his word was so precious that he didn't want nobody else giving it to his children. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he decided to get himself up and give his will to his children, to his sons and his daughters, mm-hmm. as we've been saying. And so um, um, he executed it to all mankind. And I love it because here's another thing that, that I looked up and studied on this. Romans eleven seventeen talks about being grafted. Um, the, the easiest way I can think back on this was, I don't know if you are the old karate kid, mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi. Oh, yeah. Wax and on, wax off. <laughs> wax on, wax off. A lot of good movie references. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but, but I remember, you know, um, he had that bonsai tree. Yeah. And yes. the, the bad kid, I don't remember his name, the one that was fighting um, Daniel's son. Yeah. He, he broke the tree, and so they were trying to make this bonsai tree come back alive again. So they went and got another piece of a tree a bonsai tree, and put it into this tree that was broken and split to give it life. And then they taped it up, and it took root, and it began to grow. And in Romans eleven seventeen, that's what gr- being grafted into the body. He talks about you and I being from the, the as, as, of course, Gentiles, from the, the, the bad olive tree. Mm-hmm. And the Jews were the good olive tree, mm-hmm. but because of their unbelief, God did this to make them jealous, to bring them back to repentance. Mm-hmm. But, of course, in the process of that, here we are coming to the same road that they all got to follow also. We come to genuine repentance, and we get put in a right relationship with God. Being from a bad olive tree, we get grafted into this good olive tree. We take root because of the miraculous working power of Jesus Christ, the, um, the vicarious atonement that he gave for you and I. Mm-hmm. And now we take root, and we begin to grow as his sons, his daughters in this New Testament realm that so, we're living in now. So, so just like the, the tree is, the, the branch is grafted into the tree, that's the whole point is when you're redeemed and adopted, you're, you're put into the family of God. You're put yeah. in the family of God. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's good. pretty good. I, the, good. The direction I was going, I want to finish that thought though, because okay. this is good. We're going the same direction. Is the, the when I was saying with the, the contrasting, it is really clear um, that Paul and because there's some other places that Paul had in mind the slave market of sin, the slave mm-hmm. market of the day, and that was back in the first century. They had the slavery's been unfortunately a thing that's been around for thousands of years, and thank God we don't have any more. Uh, but but that was a very real image in his mind, and that and, and that what and so that people understand this um, because I don't, you know not too long ago I preached on redemption, so mm-hmm. I guess this is why this is in my mind. Yeah, so it's okay. kind of in my head is that we were slaves to sin, slaves to fear, slaves to yes. the, the all the thing guilt and shame and all that goes with it, and 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 bound to death. Bound to, to, to led in a procession to death, mm-hmm. and yet Jesus comes and redeems us. You know, Jesus said, "I came to to be a ransom for many." That's right. And He gives His life, and this is the powerful image for me: is that He takes you out of the slave market of sin, mm-hmm. and not only frees you and says, "Okay, go on your way," yeah, but says, "No, come to me, and I'm going to adopt you as my own." Yeah, yes, and that. What a powerful image. Again, I think for me, what keeps coming back to me is the lengths that God had to go. You know, you use the scripture, Terrence, that while I was yet a sinner, yes. 
Christ yes. died for me, and I was a slave, and I was an enemy of God. That's right. If you start talking about the concept of re- reconciliation, I was an enemy of God. I was a mm-hmm. rebel, and yet God took me as a rebel yes. and adopted me yeah. as his son. Again, if you just realize how far mm. God went, how and, and isn't this really an expression of God's love? It is. It is. To, for the love of God that, you know, John said, what great, uh, how great is the love the Father has bestowed on us That's that right. we should be called children of God, and That's that right. is what we are. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I mean, good. it's the greatest, greatest act of love that God would, we didn't love God, we hated God. Yeah. yeah. We don't want anything to do with God, but he still loved us and reached out to us, saved us, delivered us, re- redeemed us, reconciled us, yes. regenerated us, and then said, Come on, be my son, my daughter. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's good. That, that, I mean, can you find greater love than that? No, you know, I was Nowhere. thinking about you guys. Think about movies. I was thinking about Oliver Twist, the classic mm-hmm. Charles Dickens. You know, he was a, an orphan. His parents died, and he was abused and taken advantage of, and ran away, and then he ended up with Fagin's gang. You know, in the streets of London, and mm-hmm. they're t- trying to teach him how to be a pickpocket. You know, you try to trying to you know make a sinner a bad sinner out of this poor little orphan and he gets caught and and uh and is standing before the judge and what was it mr brownlow whatever his name was felt know. sorry for him and instead of uh them throwing the book at him he takes him and takes him home wants to adopt him yeah. wow yeah. i mean it's kind of the same concept <laughs> yeah. is what god we wow. stood before the judge wow. we're guilty we've been yeah. caught we're in sin yes. and god has mercy on us and mm-hmm takes us home wow. to adopt us. Well, with all of this being said, it's, it's clear that, that we're making that juxtaposition. There we go. Um, we're making, making that, that compare and contrast between what we were before salvation right. and what we were after salvation. Now, this is just a little question, but I think that it's important because a lot of people use it this way. So in light of that, um, is all of humanity, especially those who are unsaved, are they considered to be sons and daughters of God simply because they were created? A lot of times we hear people use that language. That's a son. That's a yeah. daughter of God, even though that they are unsaved. Now we're not saying, regardless of what our answer is, everybody has value made in the Correct. image of God Correct. has human dignity. But would we say that they are true sons and daughters of God if they still need to be adopted? No, and the answer no. would be no. They're they're created. Sons. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and address that. Yeah, I would say they're they're the creation of God, but in order to become a son, you got to go through God's process. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that there's no other way but through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Well, and I'll piggyback on that. There, you are a son or a daughter of God, in the sense that you are the creation of God. Okay. How how a parent, a yes. mother, and a father will create a child. Okay, produce a child. So we have been produced by God, made by God, even made in the image of God, which is what you were talking about way back when we first yes. started. You were talking about Adam and Eve, but but we we sin separates from God. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we are separated from God by our sins. Okay, so we need to be we we need to be brought back in recreation. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you're a son or daughter of God in the sense that you're you're the offspring of God, and He made you in His image. Sin destroys the image, but through recreation, which is what we're calling mm-hmm. regeneration and adoption in the new birth, you you can become a son or and everybody mm-hmm. has to have that. Yeah, yeah everybody has. And that. you know, and and That's God, right. and, and we'll get to this in a minute. Um, God is good to His children of the earth. Yeah. Can I use that term? Yes. The yes. Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. That's when right. it rains here in Anderson, 
it doesn't rain on my yard because I'm saved, but it, but across the street, <laughs> if my if my neighbor's a sinner, it doesn't rain yeah. over there. It's not how it works. <laughs> there is the blessing that what I call the general blessing of God, which shows God's love for humanity. It's common grace. Common grace, yeah. right? Uh, your Calvinism is, is sorry. My reform is your reform is showing. Your, your is showing. No, he's not reformed, people. Uh, <laughs> but then there is what I call the favor of God. Oh, yeah, and we'll get into wow, this in a minute. Wow. But but the favor of God is there. Well, let's hold on. Let's hold on there. Um, we're going to get to that at the end, where we can really just like get after. I want to ask you just a few more questions of of clarification of of importance. Um, so answer this: What role? Does God, as the Father of Jesus Christ, play in how we view our own adoption? So does that make sense? From eternity, God the Father has been the Father of Jesus Christ. Now, how does that change the way we view ourselves now as sons and daughters of that God? What role does that play? Sorry, Dad's having a having a cough meltdown. Oh, he's good. We're all good, though. <laughs> my, uh, my water went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, I'll say it again. We've had a lot of activity. Okay. One more time. What does God as the Father of of what role does God as the Father of Jesus Christ play in how we view our own adoption? So if we are saved through Jesus Christ. If you want to go back and uh, listen to some of our past episodes, Cough, Cough, Union with Christ, how does that affect the way we view our adoption? So why don't you answer it? We've been we've been talking this. Evidently, you've got some. What's your thought? I just thought you ought to have something. Okay, so my thought here is that yes. the uniqueness of our relationship with God um, is that if before— we were adopted, then we were not true sons and daughters of God. Now we are true sons and daughters of God in the most real and true way because Mm -hmm. our salvation is through Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus Christ? The eternal son of the Father. And so now when I get saved, I'm in union with Christ. I put on Christ. I, I am in Christ. And so when God sees me, he sees me as his true son or daughter because I am in the eternal Son Amen. of the Father. Now, obviously, I'm, we're not God. We're not. We aren't Jesus. But we we are covered in Him, in union with Him, and so now we are in this restored relationship of God as Father, and He loves me as He loves His Son, yes. Jesus. Yes, that's powerful. That's good. Yeah, yeah, because I'm talking about the lengths He went to save us, and then you're talking about the lengths that that He goes to relate to us. Yeah, yeah. And I believe a lot of it has to do with not only how we see ourselves as Christians, um, but we can't let anyone we can't let anyone else define our lives by how they see us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of believers are still living through the lens of how other people see me, and then it it it, it uh, somehow or another smears the lens of how they see themselves instead of how God sees us. Mm-hmm. Going back to your question, and so Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he made him, Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we, we got to get out, of, out, out from under the opinion of what others think of me and out from under the opinion of what even I think of myself. Because sometimes we, we demean ourselves mm-hmm. um, based on experiences in life and based on what others have spoken over us. And so we got to get to the place of looking at ourselves through the lens of how God sees us 
now that Christ has died for us, and we're talking about, of course, now that redemption has come into our lives through Christ Jesus, now I'm saved. Mm -hmm. I got to look at myself, and I I often tell people, sometimes you got to wake up daily and say, I am the righteousness of God, Mm -hmm. because the world is trying to tell you everything else. Mm -hmm. But when you know what the Word of God says about you, and you wake up daily, and you're speaking that over your own self, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then it begins to do something to your psyche and begins to do something to your mind. And I believe this is where sonship begins to play a lot of uh, trying to um, change the tra- tra- trajectory of how we see ourselves. That's good. So I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow through with that. So let me go back to the slavery concept again. When you're in sin— you are a slave to sin. In a sense, you're a slave to the world. Most people are enslaved to a worldview that is secular yeah. and, yes. and oftentimes is even anti-God. You are enslaved to your flesh and <clears throat> the desires of your flesh. Um, so what happens with a slave? So a taskmaster, a slave master, is, sees what it has as property. Mm-hmm. There's no love. There's no concern. It's it's something to use and abuse. Mm-hmm. That's what sin yes. does. Sin uses me and abuses me. The world doesn't care about me. It uses me and abuses me. Um, my flesh will abuse, use and abuse itself, the, my desires of my flesh. Mm-hmm. If you give in all the desires, that's why we tell kids, you can't eat, eat all that yes. chocolate. You got to eat good food. We give in to just our basic desires. We'll destroy ourselves. So... The slave master of sin uses us and abuses us. There's a vast difference between a slave master and a father, okay? Mm. A father loves you and nurtures you. Mm -hmm. A father protects you and gives you your identity. So there's this guy named John Eldridge who wrote a, a tremendously successful book called Wild at Heart, and I would recommend every man read that book. I've read it more than once. And John Eldred says that it is the father that gives their children their identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, he oh, says a mother will come into play, that of course, <clears throat> and a father has influence on the daughter's identity. But the book was written about men, and particularly as they relate to their sons. So the fathers give their sons their identity. So he tells the story of he would, he does, he would do a lot of outdoor activities with his boys, when they were little, and he says that his son, when he was little, did something um, that was, it took a lot of courage. And he said, son, you sure were brave. And he said, I was brave, wasn't I, Daddy? <laughs> and, and he says, you were. And then he said later, his son looked at him and said, Daddy, I was brave, wasn't I? And he said what he was looking for was identity. Yes. And, yes. and so the father gives their children an identity. I mean, Evan, when you and Jeremy were growing up, that's why I had this little thing that somebody very wise taught me that when you guys did something, I would say, I am so proud of you. Mm-hmm. But then there were times when I would make sure I'd say, but you know what? Even if you didn't do it, I'm still proud of you just because you're my son. Yes. yes. I'm proud of you. So we give. So the father, the slave tears down. It's like you said, mm-hmm. Terrence, the, the world, sin, Satan, we need to yes. talk about the devil, tells, whispers these lies in your ears. And we just have this identity that we're nothing, we're nobodies, or we think we're more than we, we really oh, yes. are. Yes. And we're living in this fantasy world yes. and we think, but the father does it. So when you relate that to God the father, God tells us, mm-hmm. you're blessed, you're mine. 
you belong to me, you're the apple of my eye, you're kind, you're loving, you're generous, you're good. He, the, the Father speaks all yes. these things into in my life through the Word, mm-hmm. through that will you were talking about, that right. testament, through the Word. And so it's through His words that my identity is formed and helps me to understand that I'm special, I'm chosen, I'm holy, I'm justified, I'm set apart from sin, I'm meek, I'm faithful, I'm yes. brave, I'm strong, the righteous mm-hmm. are as bold as a lion. And that's how my identity begins to be formed yes. through what the Father says to me, and we can't leave this out, and through the Holy Spirit inside of me, yeah. that's right. Who makes the who is the executor now, who makes yes. what the Father says come to life yes. in, my, in my life. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things that as the Father gives you your identity, then you begin to live up to your identity, and it becomes truer and truer. That it's almost like a cyc- cyclical relationship that as God tells you that you're holy and righteous and kind and X, Y, Z, and he tells you who your identity is in Christ, then practically in your actions you begin to live up to who he has already said that yes. you are and live yes. that out in your everyday life. So I'll tell you a cool story that Glenn Berto told many, many years ago. He was a youth pastor. Um, <clears throat> it was actually in Jimmy Swaggart's church in when mm-hmm. pre, pre-fall, pre-Jimmy yes. Swaggart's fall, and he had a youth group of 1,000 kids. It's crazy. Could you imagine 1,000 teenagers? That was his youth group. And so um, he tells the story of a girl named Marianne who went to – to, to church youth camp, was not saved, was a teenager, and got saved and got filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so they tell her that you are now saved, you are a child of God, you're the daughter of God, and you have the power of God in your life because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So this young girl in the Lord, young in the Lord, says okay and believes it. So school starts. So she starts serving the Lord. Well, school starts. That was in the summer. She carries her Bible with her, and she rides to school with a guy named Randy. And Randy had a had a car that played this loud music, and if you opened his trunk, it looked like he robbed Best Buy. <laughs> and so it's just thumping rock music, and it's just the worst kind. It's demonic. Well, Mary Ann would always carpool with Randy and another girl. Well, now she's saved. Well, before, she liked it. Now it doesn't agree with her spirit. And so she says, yelling to Randy in the front seat, Randy, turn it down. He said, turn it down. I'm going to turn it up. And he cranks it even louder. So then she remembers what they taught her, this young Christian, that if you pray to your father, he'll do things for you. (laughs) So she doesn't know how to pray properly, we would say. And so she says out loud, God, destroy Randy's sound system. (laughs) That's her prayer. Those are her words. Destroy Randy Salsa. And the story goes, this all happened. Uh The whole thing went, boop, and it just stopped. And so he pulls over to the side of the road. Now, they're supposed to be going to school. He's got the the trunk open. He's messing with cords and wires. He can't get it to start. Well, the little girl that was in the back seat says, Randy, I know what happened to your sound system. She's a little snitch. She said, Marianne prayed and asked God to destroy your sound system. And so now Randy, who cannot figure out what's wrong, is suddenly becoming a believer. And he goes up to Marianne and he said, did you do that? And she went, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> you know, she couldn't believe it. Well, he starts cussing her out and yelling wow. and screaming at her. He really believes, you know, wow. that she did. And she's just cowering under this. And then at that moment, 
again, this new believer in the Lord, they had given help. The, the people who were discipling her had told her what the Word of God says. You're a child of God. Mm-hmm. You belong to You don't have to. And, and she remembers this, and she just all of a sudden gets this courage and says, Randy, stop. And he just kind of startled him. Stop. She said, if you don't get in the car and get me to school, I'm going to ask God to do to you what he did to your sound system. And they said his eyes got big as quarters, and he shut up and got in the car and drove her to school. Oh, and never yeah. said another word. Oh, yes. That's, that's it. awesome. Is that great? Oh, so yeah, when hilarious. you know who you are. Oh, yes. See, it, that's can, right. it can change everything. I think that's what it means. Everything. She knew she was a spirit-filled oh, daughter yes. of God. Praise that's God. Good. Look, wow. we're already, we're really already there Give me your final thoughts. This is the last question I have for you. What does it mean practically to be a son or daughter of God? Why does it matter? We've already touched on it in so many areas. Do you have any final thoughts? How is this going to impact my life as a Christian, just getting up and going to work every morning? I, I, would, I would hope and believe that um, to everyone that's listening, um, you, you, you got to understand as soon as the covenant relationship begins through salvation, through Christ Jesus, you have full access to the things of God. And I believe that we must then begin to start operating in what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 you know, the scriptures where Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. I, I just believe that these are scriptures that we can um, take and add to um, our spiritual weapons of mass destruction against <laughs> like that. the enemy that's trying to bombard our faith. Yeah. Now, um, for me, I can only produce a black child. My DNA, my makeup. Pastor Chris, you can only, Evan, you can only produce a, a, a white child based on how God created us. Right. Now, here's the amazing thing. Um, when, I, when I understand who I am, Going back to this young lady you were just talking about, and and I get confidence in who I am. There's certain things I got I I can do, and there's certain things I can't do. Now, Evan, you're a grown man now, but not too long ago you were a child. You still is child, but you were a child in Pastor Chris's home. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Chris, did Evan have to come and say, "Dad, I'm hungry. Can I possibly go get some cereal?" Out of the kitchen, or did he just have full access to it? Yeah, he had access. He had access. Why? Because he was he was yours. Yeah, and the, and he lived in the father's. And house. he lived in the father's house. Yeah. Isaac does not have to come and ask me for a lot of things in our home. Mm-hmm. You got access to it, son. Everything I have is yours, mm-hmm. and that is the same mindset that I believe believers today must have um, in our relationship with our heavenly Father. We have access to the things of God. We are his offspring through regeneration, and here's the problem. There are some hindering factors that come into play when we begin to understand sonship because we, we not only have the sonship, but we have the responsibility of sonship. Um, in the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, um, it's a text there that I didn't write it down, but I, I know it talks about. Um, I've got it right here. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all? Yes, yes. Now, I I love that text because it goes to let me know, as a believer with sonship, if I'm immature, the will of God will not 
come into full fruition until I mature and reach that place of obedience where the word of God can then begin to manifest in my life. In other words, you don't give a six-year-old the keys to the car. No, sir. <laughs> they got to grow up and be a little they older. They got to grow up. And, be, be, and reach the age and the, where the law says and then where they're mature enough and capable enough. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, spiritually it's the same way. It's, it is the same way. And so we can't expect from God if we're not fulfilling our role as believers here in the earth realm. Mm-hmm. But when we do mature, Galatians 4 and 1 is letting us know that the inheritance that God has for us will begin to come to pass in our lives as we live out sonship for the rest of our days. I, and I'm thinking um, there's two thoughts I have. So, Evan, you're asking the, the benefits. I, you know, I think one is what, what T is saying is that uh, what I like to say is you get the blessings of God. So, you know, I talked about earlier where the general children of God get that common grace, as you talked about, yeah. and, and it rains on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. They get the general blessings of God. The children get the favor. Yeah. The favor. There's a difference. And, you know, I, I like that little saying, the favor of God ain't fair. Ain't fair. <laughs> and people say, why, why did you, you know, a, a child of God will get a promotion. Somebody at work, well, why did you get it? You know, why didn't I get it? Or why didn't somebody else get it? Why did you get it? Well, yes. sometimes, a lot of times, it's just the favor of God. That's it ain't right. fair. It's because it's not fair to you because I'm a child of God. So I have That's access. Right. So there are scriptures that bear this out. For example, James 1.17, every good gift and mm-hmm. every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Mm-hmm. The Father of lights. The Father of lights. So, <laughs> see, every every good thing I ever have from God, when I'm in my prayer time, I always thank God for every good and perfect mm-hmm. gift. That, that's a standard for me every day. Yeah. When I when I start my pray, I, prayer, I say, Lord, I just want to thank you for every good gift and perfect gift you that's have right. put in my life. And then you go to Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with yeah. every All spiritual blessing that's right. in mm-hmm. the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing that is that you can that God has imagined, mm-hmm. I have access to it, whether whatever that is. And then you go mm-hmm. over to Matthew seven eleven, where Jesus is talking to wicked fathers, and he said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your yes. children, how much more will the heavenly Father That's right. give good things to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Isaac and, and Evan, when you were home, there were things you knew you could get. You didn't even have to ask me. Sometimes you had to ask me mm-hmm. because uh, there needed to be permission because it, because of a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. But the point is, either way, the the blessing was there, and and fought, good fathers get good good gifts That's to right. their children. And when you go to the Luke passage, the parallel passage, Jesus said, "If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's right. to those who ask Him?" And so you have access to that. Now, the other side of this, um, so I think those are the blessings of God. That's Mm -hmm. an advantage. But I I like what you were talking about. You said we have access to God. Mm -hmm. So Jesus came to bring a new and a living way to God. So now the writer of Hebrews says, let us boldly Mm -hmm. approach the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. How can you boldly approach the throne of a king? A slave can't. Mm -mm. An enemy won't because they'll just arrest him, throw him in jail. Okay, mm-hmm. but if you're a child of God, mm-hmm. 
the prince has access to the throne <laughs> yeah. of the king. That's good. That's good. The princess yes. has access to the throne of the king. And so I have this. So when I see it more than access, I see it as intimacy. And and there's an intimacy that comes in in that that access to God. Um, so I can pray. I can talk with God anytime, anywhere. Yes. Our Father who art in heaven, mm-hmm. hallowed be thy name. doesn't matter that he's in heaven. That's right. I can talk to him anytime, and he hears me. And I think there's one other aspect <laughs> of this that we have not talked about yet. Um, we read it in the Galatians passage. I think we did. If not, let me, let me just read it. I think you did. And because you are sons, God has sent forth. I don't think we did read it. And because you are sons or daughters, Mm -hmm. God has sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That's right. Mm -hmm. And there's a parallel passage in Romans that Paul talks about this. He calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of adoption. That's right. So when you're saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you, but he is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of grace. He is the spirit of holiness. But now, in this case, we're talking about he is the spirit of adoption. Mm -hmm. So you get saved, and you're trying to serve the Lord, and then some puppet of the devil or the devil himself whispers in your ear, you're not saved. Mm -hmm. You just think you're saved. You're still one of us. How do you know? If you have doubts, how do you know? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption that says to you, oh, yeah, you are. You're a child of God. I was yes. there when the process took place. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was there when you received. To, 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 to as many as received him, they had the right, mm-hmm. John, John 12, 112, is it 112, I think, but for as many as received him, mm-hmm. he gave the right, the, the privilege to become children of God who have faith or believe in his name. So Holy mm-hmm. Spirit says, I, I was there when you believed. That's the process. Yes. The adoption yes. process on earth is long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. But the adoption process with God is real simple. Yeah. Just receive <laughs> Jesus and believe on his name, and you're a child of God. You're a child of That's God. Good. And so the Holy Spirit helps us to have assurance, and the Holy Spirit helps us. If you have a slave... And I keep going to that only because that's what Paul does. Mm-hmm. The, the slaves are in fear of the taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Slaves don't have a voice. That's right. Slaves can't speak. Okay, <clears throat> but children have a voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can Isaac come talk to you anytime oh, he wants to, Terry? Evan, Evan, you were able. You and Jared, yep. you, you can come talk to me. Have a voice. There's an intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's right. That we know. So I think that's one of the major differences awesome. mm-hmm. is that now I have an intimacy. And Abba, Father, so so we read that twice, the Romans passage. Mm-hmm. You said it was what, Romans 8.15, and then here in Galatians. Mm-hmm. So let's explain that. Abba was a diminutive term in Aramaic that we would, in our terms, it would be dada, mm-hmm. mama. Okay? So it is the it is the purest term of a small child in trying to have intimacy and speak to their to their parent, mm-hmm. and, and what the Holy Spirit helps us to understand is He's not a God that's way off. Yes, yes. He's not that cold Father that we see sometimes in the movies. You know, where the Father won't even hug His Son; He'll shake His hand. Mm-hmm. You know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's a bunch of baloney. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> that's a bunch of junk. I, I feel sorry for anybody. It's not the Father that never says "I love you." Mm-hmm. The Father that says. Well, the way I show you I love you is I put a roof over your head and cold <laughs> yeah. on your back and food in your stomach. You know, that that's a bunch of junk yes. dads. If you're listening out there, 
you grab those yes. boys. They're boys. That's right. Grab them and hug them. They're not going to learn how to be intimate unless you show That's them how right. to be intimate. Mm-hmm. You don't just give them their identity. You teach them intimacy. That's right. Okay. That's good. Tough, tough love is one thing. We're, we're pretty good with the toughness, but we have to teach tenderness. That's and right. the Father, our intimacy with the Father teaches us how to have tender love mm-hmm. and, and how, to be, how to be like him. We know God's tough. That's right. That's the father's tough, but but we have to learn that tender love, mm-hmm. and so but we learn how to have that intimacy. And look, if you say, "Well, I mean, what are you saying?" Well, you can say, "Papa God, Daddy mm-hmm. God." I remember the first time I heard somebody say that, I thought they blasphemed. Yes, yes. I can tell you who it was. It was Nancy Harmon. Are you old <laughs> enough to remember Nancy Harmon? Yes. Okay, you don't have no idea who yes. probably Nancy Harmon is. <laughs> But but I heard her say Papa God and I went I was sitting in the chair pew of the church, I went, Whoa, what did you just say? I'm thinking <laughs> you can't say that. And she acted like she was so close to God. Wow. And I and the, and I was a teenager. And the more I, she'd say it, you know, two, three times, and I thought, that woman knows God. She's yes. so close to God, she can call him Papa. Mm-hmm. And then my theology started to change, and I yes. got in the Word, and I realized that's the way you're supposed to be. And if you, you know, if you men are listening out there and think, "Well, I'd never pray and say Papa God," because mm-hmm. I do it. Yes. Okay. This 50, 54-year-old <laughs> hunting fisherman outdoorsman got all kinds of guns shooting. You know, I'm, I, I'm a, a man's man. That's right. When I pray, I call him Papa God. That's right. Well, don't get too big for your britches if you say not me, because Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane <laughs> under a heavy load. Yes. And he said, Abba, That's Father. Right. That's right. Yeah. Abba. That's about Dada, mm-hmm. Daddy. If it's possible, let this cup let pass. pass me. He said, That's, That's not right. yet, yeah, it is. It's in the Gospel of Mark. That's Look right. it up. Mm-hmm. If it's possible, let the, but if not, your will be done. That's right. That's I'm good. telling you what, I feel the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. I just feel the Spirit of God right now. It's been a good uh, episode. Yes. I'd like to close just with this thought. Um, <laughs> It's not. This is not a negative thing. This is just mm-hmm. a tough thing. One thing about God being our Father, and one thing about parenthood is discipline. <laughs> yes, we. Haven't and even I was touched such on that. a good child. Thankfully, I didn't get that <laughs> too much. Jaron, on the other hand, anyways, that's a big joke. But one thing about parenthood is you have to discipline your children. Now, here's the difference: before you're adopted, God is is not the one who disciplines you; He judges you. He's you're a slave, you're an enemy, and he's your judge. And judges don't try to reform you and help you and discipline you and make you better. They give you your just desserts. They, get, they give you what you deserve. But when you're adopted into a family, what the parents want to do is they want to discipline you to make you better. Yes. And the Bible actually says that the Lord disciplines those whom he, he loves. loves. That's right. And so, you know, I think one of the things that can happen is – is a lot of times in life we'll go through some really hard times, some mm-hmm. tough things, some things that hurt, some things that make our heartache, some things we don't understand. And oftentimes we go, Lord, why are you punishing me? Or why are you doing this? Or, you know, why are you mad at me? And and it could be one of those, one of those moments where the Lord isn't punishing you. Mm-hmm. He's disciplining you. Right. Not to ultimately defeat you or harm you or put you down, but to make you better. Much mm-hmm. like a parent has to grab the kid and you know, spank them a couple of times. It hurts, right. but it forms them and shapes them into into better people and more obedient children. Or make you do your homework before you go out and play. Exactly. It, can, it doesn't have to be punitive. It doesn't have to be punitive. It can, right. it can just right. be discipline mm-hmm. that says you've got to learn to do this. I, like the fruit of the Spirit. I, I've always said this. We love the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, mm-hmm. peace. All right, how about 
long-suffering, <laughs> patient endurance. Yeah. The yes. only way you're going to yes. learn long-suffering is you got to go through something bad. you got to go through, through some long-suffering. You, that, that's it. You have to learn <laughs> how to, to put it. long-suffering. Isn't that right? <laughs> that's right. You have to teach. God has to teach you how to endure patiently instead of giving up, mm-hmm. chunking your faith away, throwing in the towel on God, is you have to learn how to trust me in the bad times. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You So you never discipline Isaac, right? Oh, no, that never happens. Used to all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a bad kid. You know? From what I see him now, I'm like, I don't think, I don't, could Isaac do something wrong? He's so chill. No, he, is, <laughs> no. he has that, that, he's not, you know, I, I've seen both sides. I've seen kids who you have to chastise a lot. Isaac is the one that if I say belt, Tears well up in his eyes right away. Yeah, so yeah. he's that kind of kid. Yeah, so he's, he's that's how Evan was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd count one, two. I never got to three. He'd come running. Oh, yeah. right Jaron would help you count four, five, six. Oh yes. Maybe Jaron won't listen to this episode and, and and won't hear. He told me one time. He said, "I don't think y'all can get through a sermon without mentioning my name." He gives us lots of material. There's too much good material. Oh, that's good. But look. <laughs> Unless there's anything else you want to say, yeah. I think this has been an excellent episode on adoption, on sonship. Um, I think we've really covered what it yes. means to be a son or a daughter of God. I'm just glad he's my father. Yeah, about amen. You? Amen. I'm glad he's my father. I'm glad. Yeah. I wouldn't want to imagine life without him. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm an heir. And we haven't even talked about him, an heir and a co-heir, yes. joint heir with Jesus. Heir. We mentioned that, but we didn't yes. go through it. Everything yes. he has is mine. You talk yes, about a will Lord. and testament. God's given me everything that's his. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, it's just unbelievable how blessed we are. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, look, Pastor T, thank you for coming yeah, in. With us. Thank you. I'm for being excited. With us. I think, thank God for this lesson. Yeah. This has no. been a whole lot of fun and fun getting to hang out. And oh, yes. We do work oh, yes. in the office and do stuff together. But this yes. was fun just getting to hang out and oh, yes. talk and yeah, literally for, talk about God. Yeah, and thanks for everything you shared with us, too. Oh, it's thank good you insight. All. Absolutely. Thank you all. Well, look, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. As always, um, give us a rating, a review. Leave us a little comment down there wherever you listen to podcasts and share this with somebody who needs it. Share share this with somebody who needs to hear about adoption, about sonship, about who they are in Christ. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll, we will see you in a couple of weeks.